Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibiverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming, host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic. They make me feel polished and modern, and the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin, and so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands, and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers, and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z-ZIBBY20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white, open, long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Morning America. Check it out, Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com and definitely check out those shows as well. I hope you'll all check out the all new Zibby Mag, Z-I-B-B-Y-M-A-G, the literary lifestyle destination with essays, book news, a lit lifestyle feature, 
and events and classes. Check it out, zippymag.com. Jennifer Close is the author of Marrying the Ketchups, a novel. Jennifer is the best-selling author of Girls in White Dresses, The Smart One, and The Hopefuls. Born and raised on the North Shore of Chicago, she is a graduate of Boston College and received her MFA in fiction writing from the New School in 2005. She now lives in Washington, D.C. and teaches creative writing at Catapult. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Marrying the Ketchups, a novel. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I have to say, I watched the video of you teaching people how to (laughs) marry the ketchups. (laughs) Do you know what it was? I had no idea what it was. And my daughter and I watched, she had no idea what it was. Now I'm slightly like kind of not horrified, but like yeah. the idea. So maybe you should, maybe you should explain to people. So this is a novel, but Jennifer did a video, which you can all go watch on YouTube explaining what this is. So why don't you just explain it? Sure. So it is funny because I waitressed in college and I had no idea what it was. So at the end of the night, the servers take all of like the condiments and they take the ketchups and the half empty kind of dirty ketchups and they combine them to make it look brand new. And I just remember the first time I saw them do that, I just, it like blew my mind. I was like, oh, I guess I wasn't getting a brand new bottle of ketchup every time I sat down somewhere. And it is gross. It is a little disturbing, but it's, I don't know. It's just one of those things that when you eat at a restaurant, you never think about. And then when you're there working, it's like, oh yeah, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. So that's where the title came from. I originally did not want this to be the title. It was the title of the first section. And my editor kept asking, can we call the book this? Can we call the book this? And finally I just said, sure. But I'm so happy because it does seem like the right title for it. Well, what did you want it to be called? It's a it's a horrible title. You don't even have to I wanted I wanted to call it wait. <laughs> like W-A-I-T? Just wait. Yep. Because I was thinking it's about a restaurant and these people have been waiting for the Cubs to win the World Series and waiting for so many things in their life. And I just thought it was simple and very clever. And everyone around me kept being like, ooh, I don't think so. <laughs> so finally I gave in. Yeah. Or even waiters. Waiters. Yeah. Oh, that would be good too. Hopefully a little more. See, you should have been on the meeting. (laughs) (laughs) That applies to everything. People who wait, we're waiting for this, but also anyway, that's, that's funny. Well, maybe go back and tell everybody about the premise of this book and where you came up with this idea, how you came up with this idea. And then I really also want to know, you know, how you became an author originally. I know you're already a best-selling author before this book, but I want to hear about your whole journey. So start with this book, what this book is Okay, (laughs) perfect. So this book, I have known for a long time, I wanted to write a book set in a restaurant. That was just sort of, that was the original idea. There wasn't really anything specific with it. I probably, since I worked in a restaurant, I just think it's, there's so much potential for gossip and tension. And I loved serving. I loved, you know, I was young and we were all around the same age. It was just really fun. Wait, what restaurant did you work in and where? Oh, it was called, it's called Hackney's on Harms and it's outside of Chicago, the North suburbs. And they have a huge patio. So in the summer, they hire like 50 additional servers. And so it's all kids in college and around high school, you know, so it is, it was really fun. We had quite a good time. (laughs) And I have a lot of good friends that I've met, you know, from that restaurant. But so that was the idea. And then it sort of started to gel. I think I was, I was kind of jotting down ideas when I was finishing the hopefuls and I knew I wanted it to be in Chicago I kind of knew the family. And then when the Cubs won the World Series, so the book is about, you know, a restaurant family, the Sullivans. Their restaurant is called Sullivans. 
very original. And <laughs> it's outside Chicago in Oak Park, Illinois, which is not the suburbs where I grew up, but I have a good friend who lives there now. And it takes place in 2017, right after the Cubs have won the World Series, the patriarch of the family dies, and then Trump is elected. And so they're just kind of like, what happened in those two weeks? And they're sort of just reeling from it. And it was funny. I didn't plan to write about any of those things <laughs> in the original book. The patriarch actually was alive the whole time. But huh. when the Cubs won the World Series, I thought, I do want to put that in. That's so fun. I just have this feeling this family would be huge Cubs fans. I'm a huge Cubs fan. And I just thought it was like a fun Chicago thing. But I couldn't put that in without talking about the election. And then it really did take over a little a little bit more than I meant it to. It was it kind of crept its way in. So it's just about them sort of dealing with these two weeks that they feel like sort of just changed everything. And yeah, that's that's the premise. Were all your other books, were they all published by Knopf? Mm -hmm. I've had the same editor and publisher the whole time. So that I feel very lucky about because we get along quite well. Yeah. Is Jenny Jackson your editor or somebody else? Mm -hmm. She Jenny, is, right? Yeah. Okay. That's yes. it. Wait, so go back to you getting your start professionally. And sure. So grew up in Chicago, then what happened? Yeah. So I, I went to, I, I mean, I'm sure you know this too, because I feel like you can always tell when people want to be writers because they're huge readers and it's sort of, it, you know, I'm sure you felt the same way. It's like you have this love for it and you want to do it, but you don't always know how to do it. Yes. I took a bunch of writing classes in college, but there was one that I took with Steve Almond, who just actually published a book this summer as well. And I mean, he's published a ton of books, but he just published a novel. He was great because it was a fiction class and he was really good at giving practical advice for how to be a writer, which I had never no one have, had ever told me those things before. So he kind of laid it out. He talked about the pros and cons of grad school, jobs you could have that were writing adjacent. And I think that was when I really started to think I want to do this and I'm going to figure out how to do it. So I ended up going to grad school a couple of years later in New York in the new school at, at the new school, which I loved. I met um, my best writing friend who this book is dedicated to because we exchange writing and emails all day long. And it was great for me, but I, right after grad school, was kind of stopped writing a little bit. I was working at Condé Nast, and one, I liked that job, and two, I think I was a little shell-shocked from grad school. Like, I had learned so much, and then I was kind of frozen. But while I was working at Condé Nast Portfolio, which is short-lived, mm -hmm. but it plays into the story, <laughs> Do you? Yeah. I started writing my first book, Girls in White Dresses, and I would write it at that point, my job, I kind of had to wait to sign off on things that came back from fact-checking and production. So there was always like a time in the afternoon, e evening, when people had left, but I was still there and my work was done. And I finally started writing again. And it was like those, it was probably like an hour or two each night that I was writing in my office. And all of a sudden, and, and for a while, I just told myself, this is just fun. I'm just practicing. I'm just getting back into it. And then there was a point when I was like, oh, this is a book and I can't lie to myself anymore. Um, and so it was probably three quarters of the way done and portfolio folded and we had to be out of the office. And I've never, I mean, they gave us two days, but I was so panicked because all I could think was my book is on that computer, which is not mine, but you know, you start to think it is yours. So we had some severance because they had laid everyone off. And that was when I was really scared and finished my first book and got an agent. And I think I was motivated by so much fear because I just sort of thought, this is my, this is it, this it's now or never. And so 
that was how I finished my first book. And I've probably never been as productive again in my life. <laughs> wow. And then you just sold it to Knopf. I mean, that's amazing. And by the way, and I'm, I've been a huge reader my whole life too. And yeah. as you probably know, but I, until I got into the publishing industry more, I didn't know exactly the reputations of all the different publishers and the imprints and no. all the publishers. I don't like, think I, anyone that's out of it does it. <laughs> you know, right, I think right. it's just, only, yeah. Yeah, I never thought to look at who published the book. It was only about the book and the author and the story and whatever. But now that I am much more acquainted with with all the different publishers, like for me, like Knopf, it's like the the gold medal of the literary novel, right? The this like beacon of beautiful writing and you know, just like amazing literary work, honestly. So were you over the moon? Like, tell me about like, was it, was, was that always the type of writing you wanted to do in that sort of genre, you know, bucket, if you will? And was that the publisher you were after? Like, how did, how has that affected your writing ongoing? Or is it just like a perfect marrying of, of genre? Do you not even know That's what I'm asking? A, yeah, no, I know exactly what you're asking. That's a good question. I mean, I think it, I would have been... <laughs> thrilled with so many yeah. I was so thrilled I mean it's such like a storied place like you walk into yeah. that building and if you love books I, there's no way that you I probably even if you don't love books you just feel like oh there's so much that's happened here so many people that have come before so I did I was I was very very over the moon because especially because I you know my writing especially girls in white dresses I think I think it could be marketed certain way. You know, I think that there's different ways. And I always felt like I loved being there. I love the way that their books look, which I know, but yeah, it, it is such a funny thing. Don't you sometimes think before, cause I think back to before I paid attention to all of that or before I even knew all of that. And it seems so innocent that you just went into a bookstore and had no idea what was out or, yep. you know, now I'm sure, you know, months in advance and you know, the reputations of the publishers and the editors and all of that. But yeah, I was just, I, I was very, very, I was just thrilled. I, I mean, yeah. And I, and my editor is my age. I think you've met her. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And she had published Courtney Sullivan, who I know, you know, yeah, yeah. who I adore and has become a really good writing friend of mine just because she had like gone before me. So she just kept, <laughs> she still is giving me tips. But so it was like, I knew, I just felt like it was such a good, fit all around. And yeah, and it has been. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny because it does, when I tell this story now, and that was however many years ago, 11 or 12 years ago, it seems like it all happened really easily, but it didn't feel that easy at the time. And I do know now, like looking at friends and colleagues that it, it does much more often take longer. It just is funny when you're in the middle of it, it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> you know, it still feels like this is taking forever. I'm never going to do this. So just throw that out there. Yeah. I completely relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. 
jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And then, so tell me, give, give like a brief synopsis for everybody about your other books, if you don't mind. Girls in White Dresses is, I believe what it, on the cover, it says a novel and stories. So it's connected short stories, which I love. I was very inspired by the girl's guide to hunting and fishing. Did you oh, read yeah. that one? Well, thanks. That yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. And it's about a group of friends in their twenties in New York, just sort of dealing with everything that happens with that age. Another title I did not mean to keep, but that's what it was called for so long. And then it just came with it. And then the smart one is a family story. It's about three adult children who move home the same year, all for different reasons. And just how they're dealing with that. There's a wedding that's been called off. There's a secret. There's a, there's a lot happening. The Hopefuls is set in DC, which is where I live now. And it's about two young couples that become friends. Both of the husbands have aspirations to run for office. And I think with that one, DC is a very interesting place. But I think I was trying to figure out why anyone would want to run for office um, and sort of what it is that calls people to run, like what the appeal is. I think I was trying to figure that out and just write through some of the personalities that... (laughs) I've seen so, and then marrying the ketchups. So that's the fourth one. Wow. Why do you live in DC? Because my husband works in politics. Yeah. <laughs> He's at the State Department. Yeah. And okay. so we moved here. He worked for the Obama administration. So we were here for about nine years and then we left for a few years and then we're back. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's a lot of moving. Amazing. Well, how you write a lot about families and family mm-hmm. dynamics and, and even here with Gretchen and, you know, like, uh, why, what is it that intrigues you the most about the interior lives of family members and all the, the inner dramas of people? Like, why do you think you're called to that? I've thought about this a lot because it's funny when the more that you write and you, you think like, oh, I'm drawn to the same topics, but you're not, you know, like you're not thinking about it when you're doing that. I think family interests me because you can't, and I mean this in a nice way, get away from them. You know, it's like they know you often. I mean, the the families I write about, I think are mostly, you know, trying the best they can to love each other, right? Like they're, everyone has faults, but there's no big breaks in the family that I've written, families I've written about. They're all sort of like imperfectly trying to support each other. And I just think it's interesting. Um, I have two older brothers and I mean, we don't, we don't fight anymore. I was just telling someone this story, but there is something super interesting about 
if I did ever fight with them, we did, they're the only people I never would apologize to. We would just pick because it's sort of like you don't have to, like we already, you know. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's interesting. I think the way that families define you, I mean, the smart one was a lot about when you're in a family and you're told, you know, whether it's out loud or just sort of because of the way you're treated, that you are a certain way. If you're the smart one, if you're, you know, if you're outgoing, if you're quiet, sort of what that does to you. Um, I've just always been really interested in it. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I love reading about families probably for the I same do too. reading, yeah. you know, it's like endlessly. I don't need to try. I, I, I mean, I like reading all different types of things, but yeah. But all those inner workings, because obviously we all have a family of some kind, right? Yeah, that's the I other thing that's, you have in common. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, everybody has that, you know, they're all different, all different shapes and sizes, but it always sort of makes you reflect on your own. And also growing up, I mean, I just interviewed this guy yesterday. Um, he's like, I thought it was normal growing up that, you know, I basically never saw my parents and I lost touch with them. Like you lost touch with your, like, how do you lose touch with your parents? My, yeah, my, yeah. I can't even go down the street. My mother's like, I was just out <laughs> for a walk. I just happened to be by your house. And I was like, mom, <laughs> anyway. But that's the other thing is like, you think everything is what, what is around you is normal. And then yes. whatever, like that's your framework for going out into the world. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. what what are you working on now I'm just starting to work on a new book that takes place at a I hesitate to even call it a book um a country club (laughs) and this one is a little bit more there's like a big inciting incident that happens at the very beginning of it um so I I I don't know if you can tell from my books my books tend to be the characters always come to me and then it's sort of they, I could meander with them for years in a book before I'm like, oh, is this what we should write about? So I'm trying <laughs> to be a little bit more intentional about this one, that there is this big event that starts it off. And so far it's fun. I just, it's, um, I think it's an interesting thing to sort of explore as, again, everything that's happening around us, like to choose to be a part of a place. I'm trying to say this carefully because I, you know, it's it's not, I don't mean to say it in such a judgmental way because I part of why I wanted to write about this is because I know and love people who still you know we grew up in these places and they are still there a place that is so not aligned with your own beliefs (laughs) anymore Mm -hmm. but but it holds a special place in your heart because you kind of grew up there so that's that's sort of in the background of all of it that's not really what what happens there's a lot of funny stuff that happens in the book (laughs) that's awesome I'm feeling like almost like a dirty dancing vibe ish or something. Oh my God. I wish that's amazing. I hope. I mean, I do because there are like families that come together. Yes. Oh, I'm going to use that as a comp because who wouldn't <laughs> pick that up? <laughs> Can you use um, Yeah. Where there's like a lot of history with the families yeah. and then the children. Yeah. 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 Lisa Friedland has a book last summer at the golden hotel. Have you read that? No, but I'm writing it down. You should, for me. You yeah. yeah, that was, that's, it's similar to like a dirty dancing theme with like families in the Catskills. They have yeah. a story to old hotel and it goes out of, it's going out of business. And what are the, and you know, what are the grandkids, you know, what is all, what do all the different people have to do yeah. to save the thing? And, uh, but it's the same sort of vibe ish. Yeah. Anyway, check it out. <laughs> I will. Thank you. <laughs> Not to recommend someone else's book. I'm here to recommend. No, it's amazing. That's what gadgets. I'm here for. Isn't that the best part of like being in the writing world? And like, we get to talk about books all the time. People recommend books. You get them early. It's amazing. I know. (laughs) This one came out. This one came out like last summer, I think. But I do love that part about the writing world. 
And it is funny. I feel like maybe I should write an article about this now that we're talking about it. Like what it used to be to go into a bookstore and what it is now. Yeah. And is it better or worse? I know. And it's, I don't know. Cause I do have like memories of just stumbling upon books, you know? And again, now it's like, you know, a year in advance, probably more that a book by an author you love is coming out. And I do feel like there was just more. It was like, oh, this is out. It's so pretty. I'll buy it. You know, it's like, yeah. this looks amazing. I know it is very different. Well, also Instagram too. And I guess all of social yeah. media, but I'm much more of an Instagram person, but like, you know, ahead, you, you watch them finishing the sentences on the book, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, like yeah. just, you know, here's my last page. Like, and I'm like, oh, great. And then, so you're along <laughs> for the ride in a different way. But um, yeah. now there's so much about the industry. Like I didn't know that books came out on Tuesdays. Why would I know or care about I that? Know. I didn't know that until honestly right before my book came out. And yeah. I was like, what? That's weird. That's a weird rule. Right? I keep so trying to break so it. Strange. I started this I publishing company. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want my books to come out on Tuesdays. Like, why? Do, why can't I just pick my date? So anyway, although my book came out on July 1st. So I guess some people can change it up. But <laughs> if you're Amazon or whatever, anyway. <laughs> okay. Advice to aspiring authors. Oh, I have so much. I think my main advice is just knowing, just like reminding yourself that, well, one, this is my most important thing. Cause I think this is what stopped me from writing for so long. You have this idea in your head and it's amazing. And then when you try to write it down, it's awful. And just knowing that's just like a very normal part of the process and you just have to get it down and figure it out later. And then also just knowing that no one is perfect at this. And I was about to say no one is good at this right away, but like it's, you still have to practice and learn. I think people sometimes think writing is different than other jobs or other things where it's like, you just are born knowing how to do this. And that's not true. Like you get so much better, the more that you read, the more that you try. And I do think people, and by people, I mean, I'm sure I have (laughs) said this too, but like you get so frustrated because you think like, I want to do this and it's not you know, it's not great, but you can always make your draft better. You can always make your next book better. Like it just is, it's a skill. Ann Patchett has this great essay about it where she talks about like, why, why is it any different than playing an instrument? You have to put in the hours. And I just really love reminding people of that because I think we forget. <laughs> and so, you know, writing something that's not perfect is great because it means you're practicing and just knowing you can make it better. Cause my first drafts are, I call them garbage drafts. Cause I think people would be like, what is this? Like, I don't know. I'll figure it out in the next five drafts. Yeah. It is funny. I'm like, what other profession? I mean, I guess you said music or whatever, but do you have to just like do so much? Cause it takes so long, I you know, know, and then have to throw it all out just to get to where you're, it's like the most bizarre I don't know. Maybe like like finding a recipe. Maybe maybe a chef (laughs) coming up with the perfect recipe who has to make batch after batch after batch or something. I know. I just, it's funny too, when you think about all the words that are thrown out, you know, and it's like, you just have to be like, that never happened. I'm not even thinking about it. And the lie that you tell yourself with each new thing you start is like, this time it's going to be different, right? Like this time I've learned a lot. So I won't throw out 500 pages of the character's childhood. That's never going to make it in the book. It would be funny, like if there was, if there literally was, like the land of discarded draft. You know what I mean? Like where, like all these stories go that never come out anywhere else. You know, know. like what what would that world look? Anyway, whatever. I'm going (laughs) off. Per usual. Are you reading anything good? And if so, what? I am. I just started lessons in chemistry, which I'm really liking. Yep. And then one of my friends, Megan Angelo, who I think you've interviewed too, she wrote followers, but she has a new 
I mean, it's, it's like a word document I'm looking at on my computer right now. And that's my plan for this week because I had, so I'm so excited. I started it, um, earlier this week and then I am teaching as well. So I, I wasn't able to get to it and I'm very excited to get to it. I interviewed her right before the pandemic. I feel like, I feel like that was one of my last, I think you did. Yeah. She came into the city. One of my last um, in-person things before the world changed. But anyway, oh, that's exciting. What are you reading? Yeah book I don't know marrying the ketchup <laughs> um I don't even know what am I gonna read for next week I'm just trying to get through today what am I reading next week I'm like looking over I don't know what am I reading at your piles of books I know um, I know I only read based on my calendar now I do this it's like how I choose I'll tell you what I'm going to be reading because I'm gonna see who I'm interviewing on Monday I am going to be reading hold on I'm in I'm in April on my calendar so that's not that's not helping us <laughs> Let's see. I am going to be reading Kylie Letty's book, which it's called (laughs) The Perfect Other. Kylie Letty, Perfect Other, The Perfect Other. So I better get to that because obviously I haven't started. (laughs) So that's what I'll be doing later today. But I don't know. I'm always, I'm so lucky to read such great stuff all the time. Like books like yours. Thank Thank you. you. Well, it was nice to meet you. And it was so nice to meet you. I've heard so many wonderful things about you and I love this podcast and yeah congratulations again on your book that's very exciting i did an event by the way last night at planet word have you been there it's in washington dc you have to go no wait where that's is it new. it opened okay. probably two years ago or something um and it's all about the written word it's all about language Ooh. Um, yeah go check it out all right okay thank you so much thanks bye. bye thanks for listening to this episode of moms don't have time to read books Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.